Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jackie T, writer and romantic. Welcome to the premiere of Romantic in Kansas special features. In this series, I present a select feature subject and celebrate stories and fun facts around it. For this feature, the Ruby Slippers. Oh yes, alluding to The Wizard of Oz, a story that captured our hearts and our imagination. In this episode, I share a vignette about my own ruby slippers. I visit with Sally Fuller, director of the Liberal Kansas Convention and Visitors Bureau, about the liberal connection to The Wizard of Oz. I share fun facts behind The Wizard of Oz and the ruby slippers and do a little exploring regarding tornadoes. Gotta love our sponsors. You'll hear about each of them during this program. They contribute to the A Romantic in Kansas story. Okay, ready? Here goes. Now, firstly, as this is the premiere episode, I'll elaborate a bit on the special features series. Tis inspired by my arriving to Kansas via my signature writer-in-residence expedition. I've been exploring areas of the Sunflower State for over two years, and the subjects of this series are in conjunction with my experiences. For this episode, I open with a personal vignette titled The Ruby Slippers. Here it is. In the Chicago West Loop neighborhood, in a three-level condominium, I prepared for my maiden voyage to Kansas. I had almost everything packed, trying to utilize as much big luggage as I could for the belongings that were to go with me. And now, twas time to prepare to go to the train station. My beau had already helped pick out my travel dress, a black one with white polka dots and a circle skirt. Now I asked his opinion on the shoes to go with it. Travel dress, yes, I always wear a dress for boarding a train or airplane. I pick one that's comfortable, knee length or longer, for getting around in my hurry to arrive to the travel vessel before it departs and for getting around when aboard. I pick a dress because it suits my femininity and that makes me feel all the more comfortable. And I guess I wear a dress for traveling because the action of travel is an event. And this event was to take board and journey from Chicago to Kansas. It would be the first destination on my writer-in-residence expedition. I had little idea what I was in for, yet now I needed to select the shoes to go with my dress for the journey there. I presented my bow with two pairs from which to choose, black patent leather low heel Mary Janes or red patent leather high heels. The red shoes, he said without hesitation. He has good taste, I thought, and tended the final packing before I put on the shoes. Now it was time to hurry to the train station. Together, my beau and I rolled and toted my luggage to a taxi and rode the taxi through the early afternoon traffic buzz. We arrived at Union Station and traversed with luggage in tow to the platform and aside the silver-gray Amtrak train. It seemed I would be the last passenger to board. That's how close we were to the minute of departure. The conductor stood by the door of the train car that I was to enter. My beau and I kissed goodbye. I thought it was a goodbye for now, yet it turned out to be a goodbye forever. 
I didn't know that at the time. I boarded the train to Kansas wearing my pretty red patent leather shoes. I didn't think of them as ruby slippers like in The Wizard of Oz, yet in retrospect they were. They were what I wore as I traveled from one world to another, separate and the same, new and yet familiar, colorful like my hopes and earthy like my ideals. I wore ruby slippers the first time I stepped foot in Kansas. Gotta love our sponsors, including the Kansas Bell Dinner Train in Baldwin City. All aboard the Kansas Bell Dinner Train. Enter the heyday of train travel. Oh yes, be seated in a 1940s dining car ambiance. Behold entertainment reflective of the era. For example, live music or audience participation shows like murder mysteries and meadow dramas. Dine in style with five course Saturday evening dinners or three-course Sunday matinee dinners, all this while taking a train ride in a completely refurbished vintage car. For information on the dinner train, to view the entertainment calendar, and to make your reservations, visit kansasbell.com. I still have my ruby slippers, per se, and wear them on special occasions. They're very comfortable, and at times I have to smile at how I ended up wearing them for my maiden voyage to Kansas. The ruby slippers hold great representation in the 1939 MGM feature film The Wizard of Oz. When the heroine of the story, Dorothy Gale, lands in Oz, Glinda, the good witch, transfers the slippers from the Wicked Witch of the East to Dorothy's feet. Now, this movie was translated from the children's novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This book was published in 1900 and the story has been translated for stage and film over the years. And even to today, resonates international appeal for children and adults. There's no place like home is one of the many famous quotes from the movie. Dorothy needs the ruby slippers to get there. And where is her home? <laughs> I had the pleasure of interviewing over the phone Sally Fuller from Visit the Liberal to answer that question and to learn much more about wonderful liberal Kansas. Hi, I am with Sally Fuller, who is the director of the Liberal Kansas Convention and Visitors Bureau. Welcome, Sally. Hi. Hi, glad to have you here. So this feature, we just talked about uh, the ruby slippers, which of course has to do with the Wizard of Oz, and that makes me think of Liberal Kansas because... Liberal is Dorothy, Dorothy Gale is the heroine in The Wizard of Oz. And from what I understand, Liberal is her home. Could you tell us why, why is, tell us how Liberal is Dorothy's home? Well, if you'll notice in the movie, it never mentions a town. It just talks about Kansas and Dorothy was a farm girl. And also in the book, it just mentions Kansas, it never mentions a town. And mm -hmm. so liberals decided that Dorothy needed a hometown. And 
So we had Governor John Carlin declare liberal Dorothy Gale's official hometown. Oh, wow. Okay. And what year was that? You know, I don't know the exact year. It was in the early 1990s. Wow. Well, that's wonderful. So Dorothy was without a home for a really long time. Yeah, she was. And now she has a home. And her home is now in Liberal. Can you tell us about Dorothy's house in the Land of Oz? Yes. Um, Dorothy's house is a, is a farmhouse that was donated by a local family and moved onto the grounds of our historical society and is what we call Dorothy's house. And it's decorated has been duplicated from the movie. If you remember correctly, there's not a lot of the house actually shown in the mm-hmm. movie. And there was never a house built. It was all filmed on a soundstage. So our house is decorated with antiques from the time that Dorothy would have lived had she been real. And mm-hmm. you can tour the house with Dorothy herself. Dorothy Gale will give you a tour of her house. And that tour also includes the Land of Oz, which is a 5,000 square foot walkthrough of the movie. Oh, my. <laughs> the Land of Oz was created by a woman from Topeka. Oh. And she and her father created it out of mostly recyclable items. And they used to move it from around Kansas, mall to mall, and people could go through it. And they decided not to do that anymore and then donated it to us, and we built the building, and now it's a permanent exhibit inside the building. Okay, and is that open year-round? What what are the availability times? Yes, in the summertime, it's open seven days a week. In the wintertime, they're closed on Monday. Oh, okay. Because traffic is a little slower, and they take the advantage of having a day off. (laughs) In the summertime and and on weekends, high school girls dress as Dorothy's and are, are the actual tour guides that take people through Dorothy's house in the land of Oz. And the tour is all done by Dorothy herself in first person. Oh, that's wonderful. That is so... These are the toys that I played with. This is where Auntie M did the cooking, that kind of thing. (laughs) That's great. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. Now, the, the Wizard of Oz, there's so many great quotes from the movie as well that a lot of people everywhere are bringing up. What are some of, one of your favorite quotes from the movie? Well, <laughs> um, I don't know that I really have one, but I will tell you that the most quoted line from the movie is, Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. Yes, that's the one that came to my mind as well. So, And Liberal, Kansas is officially Dorothy's home. And where is Liberal? We, we're in the southwest corner of Kansas, mm-hmm. right above the Oklahoma Panhandle. Oh, okay. So that's where Dorothy lives. And also you have an address, Yellow Brick Road. My office sits on Yellow Brick Road. Okay, wonderful. So Liberal is a great place to visit Dorothy's home, and you have a lot of other things going on as well. What are some other attractions in Liberal, Kansas? We have a wonderful air museum. It has over 100 aircraft in it. It's a general aviation museum, so it's not just all airplanes. It's also got helicopters and experimentals, and um, it's a fabulous place visit. It's a self-guided tour, so you can spend as much time as you want out among the planes. There are some that you can even sit in. Hmm. So that's that's 
probably our second largest attraction. And then we have a great art center that was donated. A, a woman who lived here, uh, Irene Baker, donated her home and the land that it sat on to become an art center in our community. And it has traveling exhibits right now. During February, there's a Smithsonian Black History exhibit. Uh, last month, we had a National Geographic Photography exhibit that was fabulous. Mm. And they also offer classes for students and adults to learn the art, ceramics, oils, uh, those kinds of things. Oh, wonderful. So those are three great attractions. And then, and then we have some smaller things. We have two great restored train depots, one of which has a small museum inside of it of uh, train memorabilia. And our library, the front of our library is a book. And it's uh-huh. the largest book <laughs> in Kansas, maybe even in the United States. Oh, wow. That is and really... The front of our library actually looks like a big book. So a lot of people come to Nice. So Liberal is a destination spot for people um, coming through Kansas or in, in uh, visiting or driving through. What highway are you near? or How do people get to Liberal? Uh, we're actually at the intersection of Highway 54, which if you're from the Wichita area, is Kellogg. That's mm-hmm. how, Highway 54 goes all the way across the state of Kansas. And Highway 83 which goes all the way from Texas to Canada. Oh, wow. So okay. we sit right on the crossroads of two major highways. Very accessible. That's wonderful. And you also, so you have these permanent attractions in Liberal, and then you have some wonderful events as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. We just had our, our event that we're the most famous for. <laughs> for 69 years, Liberal, Kansas, and only England have been racing against each other in a Pancake Day event that happens every Shrove or Fat Tuesday. So so it was just Tuesday of this week. Mm -hmm. Um, And women from Liberal and women from Olney have to race a 415-yard course uh, carrying a skillet with a pancake, and Mm -hmm. we time the races in both communities. And then after our race is over, their race is six hours ahead of ours, but they both occur at 11.55 a.m. in the respective communities. Then we do a live web chat to compare times and see who won. Okay. And what are the records for pancake the pancake run? The record currently stands at 56 seconds <laughs> and is held by a woman from Oldie. Okay. Um, we, however, have won the race more times than they have. <laughs> so note that. Definitely. That must be noted. Yeah, so, so we hold the, we've won more times. They've, they currently hold the record for running the race the fastest. Okay. It's a really friendly competition that started in 1950. And um, this year, the mayor of Olney came to Liberal and was here for our race. Oh, wow. So often there's somebody from England here for our race and somebody from Liberal in England for their race. What a great tradition. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, And how many people attend that event, and where where do they come from? Oh, people come from all over. And the entire town 
uh, attends the Pancake Day event. We let the school system let school out for the day. <laughs> uh, we have children's races starting with three-year-olds, so we train them to race. <laughs> so they grow up knowing and for the race. So yeah. the day, of course, starts with a huge pancake breakfast. Everybody can eat as many pancakes as they want from 6 to 10 in the morning, and then we do children's races and then leading up to the adult race. And then there's a shriving service because ultimately Trophusi is all about the beginning of Lent and, mm-hmm. and being shriven for your sins. So there is a church service, and then we have a parade in the afternoon. So it's a full day of events. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That sounds wonderful. Okay. And what are some other events that you have at, in Liberal? Well, we, of course, have an OzFest every October. We celebrate the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> um, there, there are look-alike contests for all the main characters. There's often scarecrow making. Uh, there's live entertainment. There's food. There's games. It's a really fun event. And, and it's held on the grounds of Georgia South And that's every October? Yes, it's the second Saturday of October every year. Okay. Okay, wonderful. And for people who are visiting, they can come for the day or they can stay. Do you have a lot of um, accommodations, a lot of lodging for people who want to stay and really experience liberal? Yes, we have, um, we currently have 17 lodging properties, but we have three new ones in the works. Okay. As we speak. Okay. So there's, there's plenty of lodging. We have a ton of good restaurants, mostly locally owned restaurants. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah. It's good food. It's the hardest thing is choosing which one you're going to go to. <laughs> okay. And um, I understand that one of the, the, the Holiday Inn, I believe, has a Wizard of Oz room. I found that online. Yes, I do. <laughs> so. It's a family, it's actually a family suite. It's all decorated in Wizard of Oz theme, and it has the outer bedroom with for the parents, and then there's an inner bedroom with bunk beds and game console that for the children, and it has no access out into the hallway. So the kids have, would have to go through the parents' room to get out in the hall, and that's mm-hmm. very popular room for families to stay in when they come to see the Wizard of Oz. Okay. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. Um, And and if people want information on all of this, on Dorothy's house and the OzFest and the Air Museum and and everything, um, what what may they do? They can go to visitliberal.com. Visitliberal.com. Okay. Great. All Um, that information is on there. Or if they aren't savvy and would rather make a phone call they can call 1-800-LIBERAL 1-800-LIBERAL okay those are great options and that sounds absolutely fabulous now liberal is one of our core sponsors for a romantic in kansas and i that it's such a perfect fit so um thank you for being a supporter and thanks for talking with me today thank you now here's a root fact behind the name of liberal Kansas. It has to do with water. 
It's almost incomprehensible for us in the United States and most developed countries to envision a scarcity of water. Yet, in the 1880s, travelers westbound, mostly on horse-drawn transport, needed water for themselves and their equine. This southwest region of Kansas was a vast prairie for them to cross. Water sources were sparse and, when found, were an expensive commodity. A homesteader in the region named S.S. Rogers dug a well for his own use. That well became a water source for many a passing traveler. Mr. Rogers granted them access. Everyone felt obliged, and they expected to be prompted to open their wallets or their money pouches, per se, and they would ask how much they owed. Water is always free here, Mr. Rogers declared. That was almost incomprehensible to the travelers then, poised to pay a great expense. That's mighty liberal of you, they would say an expression we cannot comprehend today. So let's think about it perhaps as a combination of that's mighty allowing of you, that's mighty generous, mighty friendly. Okay, so a combination of all those, we might be saying that's mighty liberal of you. The word of Mr. Rogers being mighty liberal in sharing water spread and the area of his homestead became known as the liberal well. This was an attraction and a comfort for travelers and pioneers venturing west. Mr. Rogers added a goods store to his location, and some folks chose to stay and begin their own farms. And in 1888, Liberal was incorporated into Township with the namesake of S.S. Rogers mighty liberal spirit and it was of course named liberal kansas now i learned about this on the visit liberal website it's a great place to definitely check out as we said to learn more about liberal gotta love our sponsors including the grand central hotel Grand Central Hotel is located just off National Scenic Byway 177 in Cottonwood Falls, the county seat of Chase County in the heart of the Flint Hills. Make reservations to dine in the hotel's Grand Grill restaurant to enjoy the best steaks in Kansas, all in a fine dining experience with a relaxed atmosphere. The hotel is a boutique hotel with a western flair. Overnight accommodations include elegant suites named for local historic ranches. For more information, visit GrandCentralHotel.com. It's a twister, one of Auntie M's farmhands exclaims as a tornado nears the property. The winds are at a dangerous whir. Auntie M calls out for Dorothy. They must take shelter in the cellar. Ah, yes, the tornado is one vision that comes to mind when folks think of the Wizard of Oz story. This vision ties tornadoes to Kansas, where Dorothy is when the tornado strikes. And in the real world, Kansas, in the realm of meteorology, is in Tornado Alley. What is Tornado Alley? 
In a phone interview, I ask Mike Smith, meteorologist and senior vice president at AccuWeather Enterprise Solutions, based in Wichita, Kansas. He tells us and clarifies that being in a tornado alley region means not being worried at all, yet being aware. Hello, Mr. (laughs) Great. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. I am curious about Tornado Alley. I gotta say, the story of the Wizard of Oz, one of the things that comes to mind is a tornado because it's a great big part of the, the story that brings her into the other world. So I looked up Tornado Alley on the web and different sources gave different maps of Tornado Alley. One of them mentioned Minnesota, which interested me because actually I'm originally from Minnesota, but the other ones didn't. So I hoped you could clarify what is Tornado Alley? Well, there are actually two Tornado Alleys in the United States. One more or less runs from about Dallas up to Omaha in Des Moines and sort of Kansas City on the east and western Kansas on the west side. And then the other tornado alley runs from about Shreveport through Birmingham and Atlanta along the Gulf Coast state. So there are two tornado alleys in the United States, and those are just a convenient way of describing where tornadoes are most common. Okay. These two different tornado alleys where tornadoes are most common, that doesn't mean that we're going to have tornadoes all the time and we got to worry about tornadoes, right? I mean, no, not at all. For example, here in Wichita, I believe it's been three years since the tornado sirens went off. Mm-hmm. Uh, tornadoes at any given location are rare. That said, in the United States, all 50 states have tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently, there was a tornado in southwest Pennsylvania. And they've never had a tornado in the month of February in southwest Pennsylvania before. So these things happen. Uh, The point is, if there's a tornado warning, that's the notification to take cover. That's what you need to worry about. I don't worry about tornadoes at all in the spring, and I'm a meteorologist. Okay. That's what people need to understand, that Tornado Alley is basically, like you said, just a a definition to describe regions more likely. But that doesn't mean that they're having tornadoes all the time, and that's definitely got to be clarified. What are some of the more noted tornadoes here in Kansas? The most notable tornado in Kansas in the last 10, 12 years is the Greensburg Tornado which destroyed the town of Greensburg back in May of 2007. Uh, That is the epitome of the tornado warning system in that the town had about a half an hour's advance warning. And in normal conditions, if there had been no tornado warning whatsoever, probably would have been a couple of hundred people killed. Mm. As it was, there were 13, which is a very, very low number compared to the amount of damage that tornado did. And so the tornado warning system saved about 200 lives. Other notable tornadoes include the Topeka tornado of uh, June of 1966 and the Ruskin Heights, Missouri tornado actually started in Kansas. That tornado killed 44 people in 1957. And if I recall correctly, six of those people were in the state of Kansas. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we periodically have a big tornado in Kansas, but again, it's not something to worry about. All you got to do is pay attention to the weather. When there's a tornado, watch, take shelter. When there's a tornado warning, and you're good. 
absolutely. So it's just more of being aware. Um, yes. Okay. Any other advice? One of the things I would like to strongly recommend to our listeners is the AccuWeather app. It is free, and if you turn on the locational services, it will give you a tornado warning wherever you are, whether you're at home, whether at your kid's soccer game, whether you're at work. It will give you a tornado warning and let you know that it's time to take cover. It's absolutely free. Okay. Well, that's great to know. Thank you so much, Mr. Smith. It's such an honor to talk with you and to clarify about Tornado Alley and tornadoes. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. This A Romantic in Kansas special feature series is available on the Jackie T. Detour section of my website, A Romantic's Perspective, and via Jackie T. Detours on Apple Podcasts formerly iTunes, and tis available via the REN Internet Radio website, wrendigitalmedia.com. Here are interesting facts behind The Wizard of Oz. The Munchkins in the movie have a star on the Hollywood California Walk of Fame. It was presented to them in November 2007. Seven of the surviving actors and actresses who portrayed Munchkins in the movie attended the dedication ceremony. And you'll find that star on the 6900 block of North Hollywood Boulevard. Another interesting fact, the dog cast as Toto in the movie was a female rescue dog named Terry. She was trained at the Carl Spitz Dog Training School in Hollywood. Her owner and trainer eventually officially changed her name to Toto. The dog died in 1945. Her final resting place is in the Hollywood Forever Cemetery on Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood, California. Toto's gravesite includes a statue of her likeness and a plaque. Another interesting fact for today, a live performance of The Wizard of Oz is on tour. Now this is a stage musical in honor of the 1939 classic movie. I know it was in Kansas in January and I see now by looking at their website that the show is in Texas and to find out if the performance is to arrive to a theater near you, visit wizardofoztour.com. Here are interesting facts behind the ruby slippers. In the book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's magic pair of shoes were silver. When the movie was being made for Technicolor in the 1930s, the slippers were changed to sparkling ruby slippers to take advantage of the brilliant color they could now splash all over the big screen. Another interesting fact, there were several pairs of ruby slippers made for the filming of the movie. This is common to filmmaking to have extra shoes for performers in their doubles. Now, one of the pairs of ruby slippers is in the National Museum of American History, also known as the Smithsonian. Here's a little insight. All right, I am here speaking with Ryan Lintelman, curator at the National Museum of American History, regarding the actual ruby slippers from the MGM movie. Hi, Mr. Lintelman. Hi there. I just have a few questions when we're talking about the ruby slippers. So they still are around. 
and the National Museum of American History, also um, the Smithsonian, has a pair, correct? That's right. Can you tell us about the ruby slippers that you have? Sure. So uh, it's one of several pairs known to have survived after the film, uh, and this pair was sold at the auction that MGM held in 1970 when they sold off a lot of their historic costumes and props. So an anonymous bidder bought this pair of shoes and donated them to the museum, and we've had them here since 1979. Um, the nice thing is that millions of people have been able to come through and see them in the time that they've been here. Uh, but we know very little about this pair, and knowing that there are several others out there, we do a lot of uh, forensic work to try to figure out what we can know about these. So one of the things we know is that they have felt on the soles, so we think that they were used in dancing sequences so that it would uh, help to deaden the sound of the footsteps on the yellow brick road. Uh, we also know that it's probably a mismatched pair because they're two different sizes and they have different numbers inside. One says Judy Garland number one and one says Judy Garland number seven. So that led us to believe that there were at least seven pairs of shoes made for the film and that we have a mismatched pair. Okay. And is it on display right now? Not right now. So we've had them off display for a few months now. Um, after doing a, a really big Kickstarter campaign in uh, the, the fall of 2016, we actually raised $350,000 to do a really in-depth conservation treatment on the slippers. So we're trying to uh, spiffy them up a little bit and build a new state-of-the-art case to put them on display that will help to protect them from light damage and keep them safe. And so they'll be out again in October of 2018 and in a new gallery that's dedicated to the Wizard of Oz. Wow. Okay. October 2018. Can you tell us about the display to anticipate? Sure. So it'll be on the museum's third floor. And like I said, it's going to be an exhibit dedicated to the Wizard of Oz. It's a small space, but it's really going to be a nice experience for fans of the film. They'll be able to come in and see that pair of ruby slippers in their spiffy new case. And then also uh, the scarecrow hat from the scarecrow costume worn in the film. And Glinda the Good Witch's wand, the only existing copy of that that's in private hands, but it's on loan to us for the exhibit. Wonderful. Okay, so if people want more information and want to keep up to date, what do they do? Go to the museum's website at americanhistory.si.edu and keep an eye out for updates. Okay, thank you so much. I hope you're having a fine day, and I really appreciate the information. Thank you. Gotta love our sponsors, including Visit Liberal. Liberal, Kansas is the official hometown of Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. Here you may visit Dorothy's home and the Land of Oz open all year round. Liberal is also the home of the Mid-America Air Museum, one of the largest air museums in the United States, exhibiting an extensive collection of airplanes, helicopters, and memorabilia. In Liberal, you may also visit the Baker Arts Center, proudly known as the Cultural Oasis on the Prairie. Come for annual events, for example, the famous International Pancake Day Race or OzFest. Enjoy a fine selection of restaurants, most of them locally owned. Stay for a while. Liberal has plenty of lodging from which to choose. For more information, link to visitliberal.com. There are a pair of ruby slippers at Dorothy's home in the Land of Oz in Liberal, Kansas. Now, they're not from the big screen production. 
They are their own representation of the ruby slippers, and you'll find them in the memorabilia room at the latter part of the tour. Okay, here's a word that it behooves me to mention, trope, T-R-O-P-E. Tis a use of a word or phrase in a figurative sense. The story, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, is rife with tropes. We've already mentioned a few in this program. For example, the quote, Toto, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. This is when Dorothy finds herself in Oz, yet has to comprehend it. This is literal to the story, and at the same time, something in which we all may identify wherever we are. Haven't we all been in a sudden place of unfamiliarity? Another quote I love from the story that is also a trope. It was with you all along. This is what Glinda the Good Witch tells Dorothy at the latter part of Dorothy's very colorful journey in trying to find her way home to Kansas. Glinda is referring to Dorothy's magic shoes. The magic shoes have the power to get her home. Dorothy's been wearing them pretty much since she arrived in the Land of Oz. This is a trope that might make us raise our brows or scrunch them. It was with you all along. The power to get where you belong. In this story, the power is in the shoes, referring to the silver shoes in the novel and the ruby slippers in the classic film. The ruby slippers is a trope, a phrase that represents a visual theme in the classic feature film. That resonates. The red high-heeled shoes I wore when I boarded the train suited my travel dress. The fact that I was taking route to Kansas seemed to give the shoes ruby slippers certification. The realization that I wore ruby slippers prompted me the sense of embarking on a journey, one that is colorful and full of adventure. To boot, the ruby slippers make me feel pretty. The ladies may identify, and as I mentioned, I put on these shoes here and again as I'm exploring Kansas, one adventure at a time. A Kansas Fact Moment how many listeners know the origin behind the Kansas state name? The state is named for the Native American Kansa Indians. The tribe name is translated in English to Children of the South Wind. Talk about the heartland. When you look at a map, Kansas is in the center of the 48 states. I've explored a portion of this state so far. I've sojourned mostly throughout the Northeast region, all the while learning about the townships I visit and about the local history and Kansas history and experiencing life from this romantic's perspective. Well, we're coming to a close of this episode. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me in celebrating the Ruby Slippers, the story that brought them to be, and, well, the shoes that brought me to Kansas. Definitely check out our sponsors. You'll find links to their websites on the A Romantic in Kansas pages of my website, A Romantic's Perspective. You will also hear their ads on Wren Internet Radio. This is a 24-7 online oldies format radio based in Topeka, Kansas. I cordially invite you to join me for the next special feature, The Midnight Train. Until then... Take a detour to your own yellow brick road. 
And remember, stay romantic.